0: This is Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast, where every day we work to help students excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. Today's episode is a part two of an interview with Sue Pearson, as we continue our discussion about the body-brain compatible elements, which is a very important piece of the learning centered school model. And so now we rejoin the interview with Sue Pearson and Kendall Terry. Yep, And so that gets into that the second body brain compatible element of the model is reflective thinking and and reflective thinking. When I think about that, really what I go down to is that question of why. So whenever kids are in the classroom and I know this happens a little bit more at the upper school levels, maybe. But um, students begin being vocal about that question of why am I learning? Why is this important for me to know? Now, not saying the lower school doesn't ask that same question, but it, they ask it in a little bit different way, maybe. Um, but it's if I'm if you're expecting me to learn this, I need to know why. And that reflective thinking piece helps the students start to put together the why of of what's happening in the classroom.
1: I think sometimes, especially with standards, that you're teaching to students. They're looking at all these math standards, all these ELA standards, all the ones that are out there and they're wondering, why do I have to learn this? When am I gonna use it? So I think when you're on being theirs or when you have a guest speaker, you should ask them to bring in some of this content and how it's being used at their place of business or their place of work or at their park or whatever they do. Um, to see that it's out there in the real life. We're not just teaching them things that they're going to forget as soon as they graduate from high school. They are going to need these.
0: Yeah, and, and that's the thing with these. When we're talking about body burn compatible elements, one, two, three, four, we're not talking about that they have to be implemented in this direct step either. I mean, we talked about that first oh. one. I mean, there is a power of you've got to set the relationships up from the beginning. But um, whenever we're talking about reflective thinking, like you said, that goes back to the being there experiences, helping kids connect to the real world. Then as we're doing what we're doing in the classroom, they have opportunities to say how what we're doing in the classroom is what is is related to either what they heard or saw or you know tasted or felt or whatever with the being there experience. And so it's getting the brain that time to reflect back to this experience that you have had and how does the experience you've had Match up now with the um, thing that you're learning in the classroom. Um, I know uh, this summer my family was able to do a, a Great Lakes tour. Uh, in essence, we went and saw all five Great Lakes in one week. That's a lot of driving. If you've never done that before, it's it's about two thousand <laughs> miles, I think, or so worth of driving is what we did. Um, okay. <laughs> it was it, well, we didn't do it all in one day, obviously, you know, but it was a it was a week worth of uh, experiences. Um, and it just happened that one of the places we went to next to Lake Superior, when we got there, uh, my youngest goes, wait, there was a kid that did a report on this in class. And so the, the funny thing was the report was done, uh, matched up with the history, kind of like the plaque that was there. But erosion had actually caused it was an arch uh, thing that was supposed to be there. Erosion had actually caused the arch to decay and fall. And so the arch was no longer there. You just had the pillars that were still there, but she was making this connection to what had been talked about in class and what had been discussed and and what she had learned um about this when they were talking about landforms and they were talking about different things that were going on. And so it was really nice to see her kind of go through this reflective thinking experience as she's standing there looking at at what's not there in essence, uh, um, <laughs> as opposed to what was supposed to be there. Um a little bit of a reverse being there uh, for her. But um, in the classroom, we know that reflective thinking is, is a key part of where we're learning something here. We need to now reflect back to how is this being applied? The teacher almost helping the student ask that question of why is this important? Let's think back to that being there experience. Let's think back to that artifact that was brought in the classroom. Let's think back to the, the you know, when we went over to see this thing and and everybody walked in we talked about how bad it smelled because you know of of the environment that 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 you know we were visiting that's helping them make those connections in their brain and and continue to build on that pattern of learning that's happening that reflective thinking piece um, is is crucial uh to that learning process well
1: whenever we went on a being there my students had to find at least five life skills that were being used at the being there and they had to be ready to explain them either to me or the person who was doing the presenting and they could share with I saw the life skill of friendship being used when two people were having a friendly conversation or I saw the life skill of curiosity when one person was trying to figure out why the belt didn't move when it was Mm -hmm. supposed to or whatever it had to do with and I think when you do something like that it gives them an opportunity to make connections yep. that how they might have to use it in real life.
0: Yeah, and so when we're talking about reflective thinking, once again, our model is a very integrated model. And just like you said, of, of we're constantly looking at how to help kids uh, think critically and, and to have that reflective mindset, too, of how is this thing that we're seeing right here related to while well, we talk about the classroom, how is it related to a life skill, and lifelong guideline? How is it related to uh, something that we learned maybe nine weeks ago even? Um, let's make connections here. Let's, let's help the brain find these pathways instead of just hoping that the brain finds these pathways. Um, and I know uh, the other thing that I think about with reflective thinking is how are we helping kids as they're getting ready to end class. You had talked about this previously with the other body-brain compatible element of you talk about the agenda before kids are going home and saying, hey, let's remember what we talked about today uh, or let's remember what we learned. This is exactly that same thing here of what kind of closure are you doing when you're trying to transition from one thing to the next that you can help the brain kind of refocus on what they were learning Think about the high points. Think about maybe what questions they still have or whatever may be the case to help solidify some of these pathways back down in the brain again.
1: Another strategy to use with that is an exit ticket. And on the exit ticket, they can either write a question that they still have about something or they can share something that they learned that day. And I think especially with the questioning part, it helps the teacher go back the next day and maybe clarify something or we teach something or give more time, especially if three quarters of the class had the same question. You know, something didn't come through. And maybe it was something that wasn't going to be worked on until the next day, we were building a foundation. But then you were able to share with them, well that's, here we're gonna talk about that today.
0: Right. We're gonna to learn about that. It gives you a starting off point, if nothing else, then to say, okay, hey, you know, a lot of you had this question and that's great because this is where we're heading in today's class then is to help answer that question. Um, and I think another very important part that happens here is immediate feedback. It's part of that reflective thinking of, you know, kind of that, am I doing this right? You know, how many times have you maybe went home with a homework assignment and, you know, you were trying to do it, you weren't sure whether it was right or not. And and that that is very taxing on the brain. Whenever you feel like you're in a situation where you can't ask for help, you Maybe you don't feel like you have the resources that you would need to, to get the help you need. And you're just kind of panicking of, I can't do the work I'm supposed to be doing because I'm not sure whether I'm doing it correctly um, because maybe the, that, the the homework was poorly assigned. And so trying to set up situations that give the brain a, a positive feeling of they, they know that, that what they're getting ready to do, they have the... Um, knowledge to be able to do it you know they they know the process or they're taking home the resources that they know they can go back to the examples and they should be able to figure out kind of how to do whatever it is they're doing in their homework and so that immediate feedback from the teacher of uh, waitressing we call it the tables when activities are going on in the classroom and helping kids pause and say okay wait a second what what are you trying to do here and help talk them through that that's part of that reflective thinking process What's going on? You know, why are you doing it this way? Um, why are you drawing it that way? Um, or you know, why are you writing it uh, the way you're writing it? Whatever may be the case. Why are you discussing that, this uh, with these words? Pausing kids and helping them talk through maybe vocabulary words, helping them talk through the process that they're using, that's all part of that reflective thinking. Um, and it helps kind of solidify what pathway they should be following so that then later on, when they're having to bring this back up, Hopefully they have the right pattern laid out so that the program has been built appropriately.
1: Well, one thing that I tried that was interesting, right after students took a test, they scored it. We went over the answers and they found ones that weren't right. And we went over them and we figured out why they had done it the wrong way or why they had spelled the word wrong and then they wrote it correctly. And then some friend in the class would give them a little verbal test on the word on how to spell it. And I think rather than me waiting a whole weekend to bring the spelling test back on Monday or whatever, and by that time we were already into new words, so that didn't work. Um, But I think lots of times if they can get an answer right away and you can go into, why did you do it this way, let's look at another way that you could have done this mm-hmm. so to me the test is a learning experience i don't like tests but sometimes oh. i have to give them so
0: well and i think it's it's how you're using that assessment and and this is one of those things that that sometimes in education sometimes it's it's that a teacher has maybe that feeling of being overwhelmed they have a lot of students that they're trying to assess in, in a very short time period um you know and maybe even a lot of different content areas depending on what they're teaching and so it's, it's easy to get backed up. It's easy to get overwhelmed. Um, but if it's one of the things that I have tried to start asking the question of, you know, if we're talking about a student and you tell me that student missed, you know, seven of the 10 problems they were supposed to have gotten right, whatever that, the problem was. Um, the question is not, you know, well, why didn't they learn this? We did this in class. But it's where are they missing the pattern? What, what step? Are they not getting in their thinking? And so, as a teacher, if you can figure that out quickly, like you said, ask them the question maybe of, you know, can you explain to me what was going on when you were, you know, doing this step or, or thinking right. through this writing or thinking through this problem? Um, identifying where the error is then helps you as the teacher to be able to instruct in an appropriate way. And so, that's, that's a crucial part of the model. Um, because if you're not helping them understand where the error is and then fix that error and get it right and get the pattern built correctly so that the program runs right, um, they're always going to make that same error. You know, I, I look back to, you know, we, those simple things that you get taught when you were talking about spelling of, you know, some of those rules that we know are not rules. You know, I don't know why they were taught because they're not true. You know, I before E except after C. That is that's not a real rule. Like the, you know that there, there's other ways to teach spelling other than rules that are not real rules.
1: <laughs> the English language is very tricky at times. I yeah. agree with you there. One thing I would like to share: too often when I was out consulting, I would hear the term, but I covered that. I covered that, and we're not supposed to be covering it. We're supposed to be uncovering it and discovering it. Yeah, not covering it. Covering it is when you kind of hide it up, you know, right. hide it, put something over it or whatever. So to me, when I hear that, a teacher say that, they have, they have no understanding about the brain because they may have covered it once, but you need a lot of times to work with the pattern before it becomes a program. To me, the greatest example is learning to drive a car mm. because there are times when I would leave my home get into the parking lot at school and not remember anything along the way because I knew the route and I knew how to drive the car. If somebody had run in front of the car, I would have stopped or something like that. But when you first learn how to drive, it's like, you know, little tiny five miles an hour and just tilting the wheel a little bit. But once you know how to do it, it's an automatic reflex. Mm. And that's really what we want them to get. So no covering it, just uncovering it and discovering it.
0: Absolutely. And we we talk about that um, with our teachers, too, of of, we're trying to master standards. Uh, We're not trying to cover content and so yes we want you to teach content but it's teaching content in a way that helps students master the 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 standards master the content that's being uh, you know learned in the classroom it's not about saying as a teacher checking it off you know did you teach this standard yes check did you teach this standard yes check that's not that's the wrong question it's not whether the teacher taught the standard it's did the students learn The standard, And and if the students learn the standard, then, yeah, check, you can move on. If the students did not learn the standard, then it doesn't matter what you did because it didn't work. You know, as a classroom teacher, you're supposed to be helping students learn, not, you know, checking a box over here that, yes, I, I, you know, discussed all of these topics. You know, I've been in a lot of discussions where you walk out of that discussion and go, I don't remember a single (laughs) thing that was even talked about. Uh, about it. <laughs> you know, none of it had value or none, you know, whatever. And, and the brain kind of moved on or, or uh, my ADD uh, nature kicks in and, and I, I start thinking about what's going on outside the window or whatever. Um, and so helping the teacher, that's all part of this reflective thinking of are the students learning what we're doing in the classroom? Not am I as the teacher checking my box of, of I talked about point A, I talked about point B, I talked about point C, hopefully they can put all that together and get point D. It's did they learn enough of this process that they can get to point D um, on their own. This has been the Ignition Point. Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast, where every day we work to help students excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. We hope you enjoyed part two of this interview with Sue Pearson. If you'd like to find out more about Clayton Bradley Academy, you can visit us on our website, www.claytonbradleyacademy.org, or you can find us on social media sites at CBA STEM or at Clayton Bradley Academy. We hope you have a wonderful day.